Hello and welcome to the Homeschool Conversations Africa podcast. Here we discuss homeschooling from the African perspective and the unique challenges that come with it. If you're considering homeschooling, we hope to inspire you as you take this bold step. If you're already a homeschooler, we are here to share encouragement for this wonderful journey we are on to educate our children in the best way we can. We are your hosts, Jifa Andam and Harissa Nete Marvel. Let's dive right into today's conversation. Previously on Homeschool Conversations Africa. I'm excited about today's guest, uh, our friend Julius Richardson. He's a gifted classical pianist. I've made a determination that you could educate a great thief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? If I educate a great doctor who spends all his time uh, poking children in Auschwitz, Right? And killing people. Is that it? Is that what it is? Is that what this education is? Or if I educate a great um, financial wizard whose job is to crash the financial markets, is that the outcome? Okay, music kind of helps everybody realize that we're trying to do something more than just being brilliant. We're trying to make this, everything is supposed to be beautiful in the sound that we're creating. So it it transcends what we do academically. And for most people, oh, when we get an education, when we educate everybody, we will, we will finally be a good society. No. no. It's a yeah. 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 So you, you need all of those aspects as well, I think, this stuff. Another question I have is, so you mentioned that you are most of us were not necessarily exposed to classical music. In fact, some of us don't know what really it is. know what it is or see what the value is. Mm. So how do you build the love for it? Because like mm. as you said, as a parent, you have to model some of these things. Right. 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 So right. how do you, as a parent, develop an interest for music, mm. for especially for classical music right. and other forms of good music? Right. Yeah. right. My, my interest, my introduction to music was mostly classical, like I told you about my dad. But I, I think most kids are already introduced to this already, if they're watching cartoons. Because Disney is framed around the orchestra. All the sounds you hear in Disney... Tom and Jerry. Right? Tom and Jerry was my favorite. Tom and Jerry had no words. It was the music, together with the imagery, that got you to understand the message. And so, hopefully... Most of our kids love it. They just don't know they love it. And most of us love it. We just don't know we love it. Right? I saw a comment on a YouTube video. So I started searching for mm-hmm. classical music. And mm-hmm. there's this video that had like a compilation mm-hmm. of um, classical, the classic. Mm-hmm. And I realized I'd heard most of these mm-hmm. in movies, like a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't, right. I couldn't place my finger. Right. And somebody had written that. Right. Most people love classical music. They just don't know. know. Yes. And if you say to them classical music, oh, oh, that's boring. Right. Right. Classical music is a steady, a human endeavor. Let me put that that way. It's not a. It's largely championed by Western, you know, civilization. But I'd like to abstract that and make you think of it as a human endeavor and remove the race conversations from it. Because some people just limit themselves, say, this is a white man's thing, it's not it. Yes, and I say, you, you are missing it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like saying, 
you want to go and discover what Einstein found when he wrote E is equal to MC squared. So classical music has been dealing with human emotion because that's what it tries to define. Classical music is a study of that human emotion. Um, the, the other day I was playing for friends a piece. I said, what do you think the composer was thinking when he composed it? And he didn't say any words. They all said the same thing. This is scary. This is, And I said, yes, that's what it's meant to do. The fact that they all agreed, right, means that this is a study into something really deep. And therefore, if you understand that's what it is, um, and that playing with it, I mean, for us, our music is always on the high. We're, we're very, except for our dirges, right? But we're not even a curious society enough to find what else could we do to create this emotion? Because people can compose music that draws you to tears. Yeah. And they can create music that makes you so excited and on the high. And it's amazing that somebody can do that. And therefore, why aren't you curious? Coming back again to that sense of curiosity. So your journey in that is to realize that this is an endless dictionary that you can add to and create, you know, whatever. That makes you feel cool. I was coming here, I was listening to El Clue on my way. I didn't, you know, somebody was messing around in traffic. I was just looking at him saying, well, you have a nice day. You know, I was in the mood and I wasn't going to be detracted from it. Music has that power. Are you curious to find or to add to it? That's really the question. And if you decide you are not, then it doesn't mean anything. But this is what I would say to somebody. That's even a reason why to pick a violin. How would you create the sounds that a violin gives you on any other instrument? If you find it, knock yourself out. But the fact that somebody has created it and people are adding things to it till this very day and that I can participate in it, I'm not going to tell any kid don't participate in because it, it wasn't from your grandfather. That's a very myopic yeah. sense of life. You've got to kind of be curious and it you know, feeds into that mindset. I would say listen to your music a lot. Don't don't only skew it. I mean, I have students who did uh, piano too, the highest grades, uh, initial grades, grade eight. And yeah, he's in Yale playing um, um, gospel piano. And when I hear him play, you know, my, my mind is blown. The chord structures. And he says, ah, do you see what I'm adding? I'm like, wow. And he's scripting it. And it's accessible to everybody in the world. And it's amazing. The people playing his music, sending him videos saying, I love your music so much. Thank you for sharing this with us. And that's what I'm saying. When, when life becomes more about collaboration, love, care, joy, just trying to see abundance rather than you know, what, 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 what we've been said to. Yeah. The struggle mentality doesn't help. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I want to I go back a bit mm. and I, I just contribute a bit mm. <laughs> to, mm. to the question that you, you asked earlier. So what are some things that we can do mm. to help our children? So Julius was saying, you know, play, play the music, mm. let them hear it. Five minutes in the morning, right? We can fix it. Like maybe when we are getting ready for our homeschool day to start. Um, there's one school here that uses classical music for their, like in between classes when they are changing. Yes, I heard that. I thought that that was really neat. 
Um, so we can do that. We can, one thing, in, um, speaking of exposing the children to music and letting them see it, um, see it, shall I say, see it at work, even in our lives and around them. Maybe not all of us can play instruments. Great. I can't play an <laughs> instrument. I can't play the tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> That's an instrument. It's a percussive instrument. Yes. Um, my husband plays the piano a bit, mm. and I uh, we've spoken about this. I see he tries. He's not perfect, and the kids even see him struggling. But he tries to sit a couple of times a week behind the piano and just play. You know, just. Just for the joy of it, yeah. yes. And with the children too, we've we started to when we have people over, it's not a show of thing at all because it's not like they are great, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. But just to encourage them yeah, to to play, let us all enjoy. Come and even if it's twinkle, twinkle, little star, you know. Come and play it. Let us all enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And and then I feel like it also gives mm -hmm. them that exposure, That's a you know. So just little things like yeah. that that we have to do. What I've seen is when we want to, with homeschoolers, I see that we are trying to break a lot of... Um, the stereotypes. Yes, yeah. a lot of stereotypes, that's, right? That's and, and so we have to be intentional mm. about these things. If Absolutely. you just say it and you don't schedule it, you don't plan it. I know that some of it has to be you know, spontaneous, but right. we actually have to do these things. We say, don't, well, I don't know about others, they don't come naturally yeah, to me. They don't. It does not they come don't. naturally to yeah. me. Well, to my husband, a bit in our house. Mm. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the He plays Handel's Messiah every Sunday morning. Yeah. The kids can, you know, Sing I'm sure that by end. the time they are old, it's like, yeah. Papa, can we play something <laughs> else? <laughs> Every Sunday morning, yeah. it's a tradition kind of guy. Yeah. You know, it's just little things like yeah. these, but I think they help. Yeah. <laughs> and I, what I realize is um, little children don't have the prejudices that we have. Sure. Mm -hmm. So they are able to appreciate things much better than we, we can. Sure. Sometimes I, I try to play pastel music for my toddler mm. and she's just like she dances to it she mm. enjoys it i remember mm. one day i played uh peter and the wolf i've yeah. never heard it before my right. son, i played it for us and she literally sat there and watched it like from beginning to end she didn't move mm. anything mm. she was just so fascinated by seeing like the orchestra play and mm. even i was like how have i not heard of this until mm. now even so, i mean I, I i'll be very prescriptive music is music mm. and not restricting anybody to what they're hearing to just make them hear as much. Um, but for them to fall in love with that instrument, that's what I'm telling you, in a, in a very developed world, they'll, they'll see people doing that. And um, what's happened with the children, especially in the um, children's homes, is once they see others doing it, it almost gives them permission to yeah, say this is possible. Mm -hmm. um, the goal of doing that is hoping that with time and we're doing all these videos um over the next year or two and posting them online because we have the medium it always changes their minds when they see somebody they know or somebody very close to them do it then they realize oh i can do it too so hopefully with those that should help but i think what you know jifa mentioned in terms of i've got an environment and i'm really trying to um I would love, you know, with, with this platform to put homeschoolers together who 
play together because we have that. We have the Accra Youth Symphony and the whole idea is to bring children who play, who are within their community to have a challenge, get a piece, let's all work together. I think one way giving them the pieces, but sometimes I'm also saying to them, compose something. And yeah, there's students who are, you know, very advanced who are like, yeah, I, I want to send you an idea. And I'm encouraging them to do so. Mm -hmm. So they realize, you know, this, this play thing can work. So yeah, I don't know whether homeschool has, you know, a bigger platform, but if no, it does, do. I mean, most, most, you most, have to do a lot to encourage. Yes. I mean, you know. we, well, we're here in Asura right now. Mm. Um, but for any listeners we have, wherever your homeschool community is, yeah. I'm sure that if you speak with other other parents, you find children who A play, small concert yes, of sorts. Yes. Where they get to show their talents. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, we just did this in Abuja um, a couple of months ago at the end of the school year. Um, one of the moms organized it. She had all the, you know, a few kids who she knew who played instruments. She just had a little concert in her house and it, it was, was beautiful. It was wonderful. Yeah. I think the next step, what I'm hearing from this um, mm -hmm. conversation here, is also try to create groups so where yeah. they play together, where they actually, yeah. so it's not just individual House concerts, yeah, yes. from one home to the other, yes. and they know that, oh, I'm mm -hmm. practicing, but yeah. somebody will listen to it and yes. they will appreciate yes. me. And yeah. I mean, I see that in our community, they clap for the littlest of, you know, because they're building this ability to stand in front of people to share. Mm -hmm. It's so scary, but you know that's that's yeah. the essence. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Oh, so conversation has loaded. I know, extremely, extremely loaded. Okay, Julius, I think we're getting towards the end of this. I was going to ask you if there was any instrument you'd recommend um, parents to start their kids on, or even an age, but. I don't know. Have they kind of been answered? Or well, I think I think that um, the mindset is possibly two instruments. But if you can't, then and and the the mindset around two instruments is one is a harmony instrument. So if you are studying music theory, mm -hmm. they're teaching you how you put. You know, most of us are singing melody at any point in church, mm -hmm. but all the other sounds that you are hearing that support that melody mm -hmm. is harmony. So some people that I have would be studying a piano and then they would have a violin or they'll have a piano, a guitar, a piano, a flute. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to kind of give them both. It's the same music though. In fact, the melody instruments are seemingly easier to read from. The piano, you'd have to read all these voices which are sitting on top of it and it takes a while. But yeah, that would be the logic. Okay. Um, but my, my take on it would always be if you could expose them a bit more and then they make a decision. Not, I mean, these are not the only parts. I told you about a student who went from piano to violin yeah. and then found guitar. Either way, the work had been done. Yeah. So eventually when he found what he wanted, he went with it. That shouldn't stop you. But if you can and they do come to you saying, this is what I want to play. Uh, before you buy, you just see if you'll come back again. If he, if he doesn't come back, rush with the instrument. But if he does come back, you probably have something going on there. Okay. Yeah. okay. And how, how early do you think? My advice on early is this. If a parent plays, it helps for them to start early. If they don't, you miss nothing. I mean, I started as late as 10. Okay. You're not missing anything. I have... 
the teachers in um, and the volunteers, they're not teachers, they're volunteers in the program and they all believe in that vision. Some started as late as 17 playing violin, you should hear them, they're amazing wow. violinists. There's nothing that stops. It's not too late for me. Never <laughs> too late, never too late, never too late, yeah, never too late. I mean, the great, I think, Miles Davis only got serious with music at 13. Yeah, and we've been consuming his music forever, and he's mm -hmm. one of the most amazing jazz, you know, musicians ever. So, so, so Julius, what about what about those who don't? Not everybody has a piano or mm. a violin. Mm. Um, are there still some things that we can do? Um, I mean, we can Look, try to go with your voice, sing, join the choir, be you know, be active. All those things, because you're establishing a love for. Yeah. And that's more important than okay. just regimented, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I, I have a student who played up to grade 8 piano, finished and said, I'm never playing this instrument again because she was Chinese and apparently her dad, they had this situation, you know, and she said, okay, when I finish this, can I stop playing the piano? Like, yeah, when you get to that point, you won't ever have to play again. And it took years to get her to you know, unwind from that mindset of pain, yeah. even though she was really good. Yeah. And I felt that was tragic. You know, yeah. if you can play and you really don't care for it, then what was it about? So I think it's really essential not to seem to force, but to lovingly kind of edge on and tell them this is an important part of you and if you can develop it. I mean, ultimately, if people understand, and that's something that we're also discussing about, Things that we do repetitively, getting written down into our DNA mm -hmm. in some way, yes. and then being passed on, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then this won't be too much of a chore. We're not playing it because we're going to be the next Beethoven or we're going mm -hmm. to be whatever. Um, but that someone else down our line might, you know, come already sorted out with these. You know, I mean, my kids don't struggle to play an instrument at all, and they play multiple instruments. But, you know, they, they don't really love music as much as I do, the way I do. Mm -hmm. um, they've taken that love to other things. But, yeah, I'm sure that they'll pass it on. Mm -hmm. That's my thought, you know, and, and then it doesn't make it too painful. Mm -hmm. Great yeah. painful, yeah. I have one last question, though. Yeah. I, <laughs> right? I know other moms have this question, and that's... Yeah. Yeah. So the kids, they are doing their piano, mm -hmm. but they, they want to... They want to stop, you know. <clears throat> when is it hard? When is it that it's just because it's difficult and so you have to encourage them to keep going? Or when is it that you just have to back up and say it's okay? I don't know if we agree on the cognitive years concept that between those ages about 12 or 13, right, um, is that opportunity to plant anything, mm -hmm. a genuine you know, desire, interest. And they're, they're, they're at that age where they're very agreeable to whatever you propose. And then come, you know, the age, the teenage years and the terrible teens, as they say. <laughs> and it's not because it's a terrible teens, it's just this function of a stage of development, I think, where they would like to have their own say. So in the early years, yes, you can keep that up and hope that in time they will get along with it without mm. you pushing. Mm. If that doesn't happen, nothing is lost. Because you were on this chart 
to give them an experience, a very expansive experience of an education. And if they didn't respond to it, it doesn't mean anything. It just means we, we, we get it. We haven't lost a love yeah. for it. It's just, it's not a thing. And I think that's, you know, if you step back a bit and think that, I mean, think about things that you do. You're not being pushed by anyone else. You're doing this because you really want to do them. So they have to also have decisions on their own. I'm not doing music because somebody forced me to do it. I'm doing it because I really want to do it. And those who really thrive, they do things they really want to do. And that's something that we have to kind of accept. Even though we're disappointed, we won't get a little Mozart or Beethoven. But yeah, you should know when to say, look, you've done enough. I think the latter years, if they're not interested, just give it a rest. We'll have to wrap up here. But we will continue this conversation in our next episode, so do join us then. Thank you for listening to the Homeschool Conversations Africa podcast.